but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and causeth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, and that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. That was not written for his sake alone, but it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, was raised again for our justification. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being a good God and loving Savior to us. Lord, I pray as we approach the Scripture that you would help us to rightly divide the word of truth. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Lord, if there's one here that does not know Christ, I pray today would be the day the sweet Spirit of God would show them their lost condition and they'd trust Christ before it's everlasting too late. Lord, for us that are saved, I pray our hearts and do something in us so that you can do a work through us. And we'll be careful to give you the honor, give you the glory. In Christ Jesus' name I pray, amen. If I, if I was to ask you today who in here today was probably was the, the strongest person, um, probably all of us would have a different idea or different um, uh, opinion of who would be the strongest. And, and not all, a lot of times when we think of strong, strong people being strong, we automatically think of physical strength. But there is other different types of strength. There's that of mental strength and that of uh, physical, even that of moral and even that of financial strength. And so, as we think about strength, as we, um, there's a lot of different uh, uh, people that you and I can meet. That, uh, that for instance, there, there's a person that I'm thinking of right now that, um, that would not know what the inside of a gym looked like if you, um, at, at, at all, uh, never lifted weights in their life, but yet reality of it is, is uh, they could near about pick up a cow and throw it in the trailer. Matter of fact, I... I have seen that individual take a, um, a, yearling, uh, a yearling bull, uh, about 700 pounds, and almost just pick it up straight off the ground, throw it in there. Now, he was mad at the time, so that has maybe had something a little bit to deal with it, but um, uh, never worked out, just as, just as strong as an ox. And uh, matter of fact, the person is, is my granddaddy, and um, he, he's 80-something years old, and I still wouldn't. If I had to, if I had to fight him, I would... Uh, I just wouldn't even try. He's just that, that healthy of a man, strong, and wouldn't even, there again, wouldn't know what the inside of a gym looked like. And, um, but then there's other people that I think about that's mentally strong, people that um, not only physical but mental, and, and um, then people who's financially strong, those that can got enough money to burn two wet mules. And, um, you know, and so there's different types of strength. But today I want us to look at this, the verses that we read about having a faith that's that strong. 
Now, I want you to think just for a moment. Do you know a person that beyond everybody else, their faith is stronger than anybody you know? That no matter what happens, no matter what goes on, you don't have to worry about them shaking as a leaf. You don't have to ever worry about them getting upset. Never have to worry about them fretting. Because when, they, when, they, when you talk to them, they'll always say things of this nature. Well, God's going to take care of it. It's in God's hands. There's no need to worry. I tell people all the time, you don't ever have to worry if something happens because I worry for the both of them. And uh, my wife all the time tells me, she said, you need to quit worrying. I said, that's telling water not to be wet. It's just in my nature. I, I, wished, I, I wished I had a light switch that I could flip it on and off, but um, I, I don't. That's why she worries about absolutely nothing, and I worry about absolutely everything. And so as you think about, you think about those people, those, those people that have that type of faith, it did not come natural. Just as, just as ma majority of the time a person that, is, that has physical strength, majority of the time it does not come natural. They have, they have labored, they have put, it, they have put uh, um, time into it, now, and I, I just be honest, I'm with Paul, bodily, pro, bodily exercise profiteth little. Um, but there's those type of people. They put effort in it. They, they, they pride themselves, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but they pride themselves on making their self physically strong. And yet then there's also those people that, that have that kind of faith that they just wasn't born that way. They just didn't wake up one morning and say, and become this person of great faith. It took days, it took weeks, and even years for them to become the person of faith that they are. And so several times as, you as we've read these verses, you'll find that there's statements like this made about Abraham. There's verse number 20, he says, And he staggered not at the promise of, of God. Same verse, verse number 20, but was strong in faith. There again, verse number 21, being fully persuaded. And so we find that there's, there's several times that these verses that he talks about having this faith that is not wavering, this faith that is strong. So Dave, if we're going to have the kind of faith that Abraham had, we're going to have, have that strong of a faith, I believe there's some things in the text that we're going to have to have the same thing that Abraham had. Number one, I want you to notice verse number 19. The Bible says, and uh, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now I want you to turn over to, to Genesis chapter number 18 very quickly. This is the account uh, that takes place when God tells Abraham and that he is going to have, they're going to have a son. Now we know that that on scripture that Abraham and Sarah got ahead of God and they had Ishmael and a lot of the reason we're in the shape we're in is because of that, them getting ahead of God and, and um, the things that have transpired and we know that they are, uh, the, the Islamic faith is a direct descendants of Ishmael and, and so when God then comes and tells Abraham, listen, the, the seed that I'm talking about is not going to be the seed of Ishmael, it's going to be the seed of Isaac. And so in Genesis chapter number 18, notice verse number 12. The Bible says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, I'm waxed old, 
shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, And shall I of a surety bear a a child which I am old? Notice verse number 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So we see that Abraham, back in Romans chapter chapter number 4, that the first thing about having a strong faith that is evident in, in the life of Abraham is that Abraham believed in the power of God. Abraham is a Abraham is hundred years old. Sarah's womb is dead. I want to ask you the question this morning. Is there anything more hopeless than something that's dead? There's nothing more hopeless than when something dies. When something is dead, there's absolutely, for, for the common person, there's nothing they can do to bring that which is, that which is dead back to life. Even doctors and nurses, they can only do so much to bring those things that were dead back to life. And it is ultimately up to God is the only one who can really bring those things which are dead back to life. And so Abraham, knowing the deadness of his womb and knowing the deadness of Sarah's womb, he believed that that even though those things were dead, that God had the power to make dead things alive. One of the things, real faith is rooted, in the, is rooted in the character of God. And as you study throughout the Bible that there's some, there's some characteristics of God. And one of the characteristics of God is the omnipotence of God. That is having all power. That is, that is there's no power that is hidden that God does not have. Now a lot of times we look at, we look at the devil and think of how, how powerful he, he is. And yes, the, the devil is powerful. But God has, has, has all power. The devil only has some, but God has all. And today we can have faith that, that, is, that, that is unreal to people who don't know God. And even we can have the type of faith that even can surprise ourselves if we'll just only believe in, in the power of God. There's nothing that our God cannot do. But yet so many times we find ourselves doubting, we find ourselves wavering, Simply because we forget how powerful of a God that we have. And listen, if God, can, if we have a God that can take dead things and make it alive, there's nothing out of the reach in your life or mine that God cannot do. If He can take the most hopeless situation of death and bring death and put death to the side and bring forth life out of that which was dead, there's nothing that we should worry about. There's absolutely nothing that you and I should be fretting about. Now, I know this is easy preaching and hard living, but reality of it is, is when God, we have a God, there again, that makes dead things come alive, what is it you and I should worry about when we, when we deal with God? What is it that you and I should ha- not have faith uh, over when it deals with the things of God? Man, when you think that God can take something that is dead uh, and make it alive, uh, your problems and my problems are, are very light when, when considering that. So Abraham, as he, has, he is considering the deadness of himself and the deadness of Sarah, the reason he could have faith in spite of, in spite of that issue is because he knew that this was nothing too hard for God, that the, God had the power to bring those two dead things to life, uh, to bring forth that... Uh, which he said he would bring forth. And then verse number 20, notice he staggered not at the promises of, promise of God, 
through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. We see if we're going to have a strong faith, we've got to, number one, we've got to believe in the power of God. But then we've got to believe also in the promises of God. There again, Abraham, 100 years old, Sarah passed a childbearing age. And to think that these two would have a son is absolutely impossible in our mind. But one thing you can never factor on paper is God. So many times you, can, you and I can sit down with our life and begin to try to factor all the numbers and factor all the circumstances and factor all the issues and things. And, and I remember I was talking to a preacher several months ago and I was factoring a lot of things in and I had my, my sheet of paper 10 miles long factoring this in and factoring that in and doing this and crunching here and crunching there and I, was, I began to talk to him and, and um, began to get advice from him and, he, and he, he made this statement. He said, Brother Charlie, you've always got to remember. He said, you can run numbers till you're blue in the face but you'll never be able to factor in the hand of God. And so reality of it is, is not only do we have to believe in the, in the power of God, but we have to believe in the promises of God. And listen, that, that's what faith is. Faith is simply believing in the promise of God. Now listen, don't tell me you have, you have faith if you don't have a promise. There's no way that you can have faith if you don't have a promise. A lot of people, they, they think that faith is this blind leap. It's just a leap into the dark. They think that faith is a, uh, is a blank check. Whatever you want, that's what you, that's what you ask for, and that's what you're going to get. And, and some people think that faith is based on earthly things. But reality, Bible faith is not based upon a blind leap. Listen, there's a difference between having faith and stupidity. There's a lot of people that are, that are blaming uh, blaming their circumstances on faith uh, when it wasn't faith of all. It was their own stupidity that got them in the position that they're in. Listen, you, can't, you and I can never uh, say, that, say that we have faith if God hadn't already made us a promise. And so that's why, that's why it comes in, port, come in Romans chapter number 10, verse number 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we find that this faith... Uh, there again, you and I can only have so much faith in man and so much faith in the things of this world. But we, have, we can have total faith in God. Titus chapter 1, verse number 2 says that, that we have a God which cannot lie. And the reason so, so oftentimes, the reason our faith is so wavering and so little and so anemic is because many times we really don't know the promises of God that's found in the, in the, between the covers of His Word. If you and I will get, in, get in, the, in this book, we'll find some promises of God, and you and I can hang, go to the bank on it and say, this is going to be the way it is. Why? Because that's what God promised. Now listen, don't, don't ever get to the place to where you think that God will promise you something outside of what He promised in, in the Word of God. The promises that God makes His children will always be based by the Word of God. If you want to know what God has promised you, get in the book and you'll find out what God has promised you. And so we find out that faith, the real reason that Abraham could have this faith to believe in God and to believe in what God said would come to pass is because, number one, he knew that God could not lie and he knew the power of God 
and he knew that God would keep his promise. And so today as we think about, as we think about faith and think about God making promises, and, uh, how, how do we hear these promises of God? Well, first of all, we hear it from the Word of God. There again, the majority of the time when my faith is wavering is when I have spent little time in the Word of God. But when my faith is the strongest is when I have spent more time in the Word of God. Listen, if, you're, if you and I are struggling with a lack of faith, it is not God's fault. It's our fault. And if you, are, you and I are not as strong in the faith as we should, in our faith as we should be, God's gave us every recipe to settle that. But yet so many times I, I'm, the type, I'm, the type, I'm the type of person, I want to figure it out on my own. I want, to, I want to be able to sit down and say, this is how this is going to work. This is how that's going to work. And then I think sometimes it, it, God just laughs and says, just, just sit back and see really how it is going to work. And so faith is, we find it by the Word of God. But then also we, we not only hear from God concerning our faith in the Word of God, but we also hear from God concerning our faith through the prayer room. But listen, anything that God tells you in prayer... He'll back up in Scripture. You rest assured, if you, if you are ever promised anything that is not based upon Scripture, it is not God who promised you that. God always promises His children things that are based upon the Word of God. And there again, there's a lot of people that you, that you come in contact with and I'll come in contact with that'll say, well, when I was praying, God told me this and I'm waiting for it to come to pass, and they begin to tell you what God told them, and you begin to scratch your head and realize, well, I don't know where that is in the Bible. And then they will, they will be utterly destroyed when it does not come to pass. But how can you have faith in something that you have no proof of? But when God says, this is what's going to happen, and it's based upon the Word of God, honey, it's, it doesn't no matter what's going to take place. That is what's going to come to pass because He promised it and it is based upon the Word of God. So the reason Abraham could have the stronger faith that he had was because he believed in the, presence, in the power of God, but he also believed in the promises of God. And if you and I want to have this kind of faith that we can look at something and say this is going to come to pass, it, it, it's... it's Amazing to me that how Sarah is laughing about what God has said and so many times that's the way we are. God begins to deal with us and begins to speak to our heart and begins to, begins to ask us to have faith in, in this area or that area and we, we laugh because we don't think it's possible. But yet in our day how we need to be reminded of not, not only the power of God, but also the promises of God. You may fall out with me when, when I say this, but, but I believe there are some promises in this book that you and I, the reason we're suffering is because we're not claiming the promises of God. We don't really believe the promises of God. Many, many people, the reality of it is, is they, they have more they have, they have, they're more interested in, the, in, in a promise of a crooked politician 
than they are of a, of a three-time holy God. They'll put more stock in what people in the White House says than what God says. And I believe wholeheartedly a lot of the reason we're in the shape we're in is because God's people have just simply forgotten about the promise of God. This, I'm just going to run this rabbit very quickly, but you think about, you think about how, how wicked our nation is and how vile it is. You, re, you realize the reason that our nation is in the shape it's in is because God's people, a lot, a lot of ways, don't believe in the promise of God? If we really believed in the promise of God, we'd do what God said do. Humble ourselves, seek His face and pray, repent, and what would happen? Well, why, why don't we see God healing our land? Because people don't believe in the promise of God. What the, the, a lot of times people run and there's it's found in the book of James. And it is this promise. If you'll draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to you. The reality of it is the reason churches are closing, the reason churches are dying, the reason people, people are not being reached with the gospel of Christ, lives are not being changed, it's not because those who don't know God, it's because us that who do know God really are not zeroing in on the promises of God and saying, this is what God has promised, I'm planting my feet upon the word of God, I'm believing it, and I know that God's power can accomplish it, and there's not a promise that God has ever made that He will not keep. The reality of it is, so many of us so oftentimes forget about the power of God and forget about the promises of God. But then also notice verse number 21. Notice this, and being fully persuaded that what He had promised, notice this, He was able to perform. That fully persuaded means that he was completely assured of the fact. I want to ask you, what are some things about God you're completely assured about? Chances are, if you and I went, if we went around the room to take time, the only thing that we are completely assured about is our salvation. Do you realize there's more that we can be completely assured about than just soul salvation? But is that not what so many of us, that's the only thing we are completely assured about? And some of us aren't very completely assured about that. Listen, when we deal with God, we're dealing with a God that we can be fully, completely assured about. But why so many times in my life do I find myself completely unsure instead of completely sure? The reality is, is because something has caused me to doubt the power of God. Something has caused me to doubt the promise of God. Something has caused me to doubt the performance of God. You know, reality of it is today is many of us, the reason we're doubting is because we, we thought that God was supposed to answer a prayer at this point in time. And God didn't answer that prayer at that point in time. He waited to a later date. 
And that is what has caused us to doubt him. Many of our doubts is not, is not because God did not come through on the matter. Many of our doubts is based upon because God did not come through on the matter when we thought he should have come through on the matter. And so we find that Abraham was not only, well, his faith was not only grounded in the promise of God, not only grounded in that of the uh, power of God, but it was also grounded in that of the performance of God. We find it over and over again in one of the instances in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great mighty things, which thou knowest not. But reality, And also reality of it is that sometimes when we deal with the performance of God, we have a misconception. Listen, reality of it is this morning is that, that God does only what God does. God does not do what we can do. And many people are sitting around waiting for God to do something that God is not going to do because it's what we can do. And God can only do what God can do. Reality of it is this morning, there again, you think, you think about a person that, that maybe is, is uh, a, a, think about a homeless person. Reality of it, people say, well, well why don't God provide them with a place to live. It may be the reason God don't provide them a place to live. Is because they're lazy. They don't want to work. Well why is there people starving? It may be because they're lazy. And they don't want to work. God already made the statement. He said, God already threw it out the Bible. He said a man that don't work. Don't eat. So reality of it is. is God is not going to open the windows of heaven. And bless somebody. When, they, when there's something they can do for themselves. But aren't you glad that, that sometimes there's people who are working, doing everything they can, and they're still falling short, and then the windows of heaven open. And God begins to bless them. Why? Because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and God says because they're doing what they're going to do, I'm going to do what only I can do. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Well, turn over to the book of James very quickly. The book of James chapter number 20. James chapter number 2. James chapter number 2. I'm sorry. I wrote the wrong reference there. James chapter, I can't find what chapter it is. I got 22, and I know that's not right, but it's verse number 21 down through verse number 22. Was Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by, his, by works was faith made perfect? The reality of it is, is when, God, when man is justified before God, he is justified by faith alone. But listen, when a man shows his faith, or the proof of his faith, he must do it by his works. The reason that you and I, the reason you and I are proof, works are a proof and a product of our faith. We're not saved by works, but we, we can work because we're saved. And the way we prove our faith is by our working. And so there again, so many times we're waiting for God to do something, 
when he's waiting for us to do something. When he gets to the pl- when he gets when we get to the place where we're doing all we can do, that's when God steps in and begins to do what only he can do. So we find that this 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 idea of faith, this strong faith that Abraham had was based on the power of God. It was based upon the promises of God. It was based upon God's performance. Then also, in verse number 20 of Romans chapter number 4, the last part of verse number 20, notice this, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Notice this, giving glory to God. Now I want you to notice what verse number 21 says, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform it. We find that Abraham began to give God praise before the miracle ever came. Before the birth of Isaac ever took place, the Bible says, Abraham giving God glory. You know what I, I sometimes wonder? I sometimes wonder if God is not waiting to to give us what we're praying for. If he's not waiting to give it to us. The reason he's waiting to give it to us. Is because he's waiting for us to start praising for it. Before he ever gives it to us. You say that, that, that's foolishness. That's not foolishness. That's faith. That when you begin to praise God for something. That, that you have not yet gotten. Friend, that's the definition of faith. But yet so many times the American way is that we'll praise God after we give. But faith's way is to praise God before you give. Now what wouldn't it, it, it would be it would in our eyes and human eyes, human thinking, it'd be quite foolish for us to start praising God for something that He's not yet giving us, given us. But yet in Bible, in Bible eyes and faith's eyes, that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. You ask the question, you can ask the question, what is praise? Definition of praise is this, it's faith turned inside out. The reality of it is this morning is faith and praise are absolutely inseparable. You cannot have one without the other. Just as you cannot have faith without works. There again, we are not justified by works, but because we're justified, we work. And we prove our faith by what we do. And so you cannot you cannot have faith and you cannot have faith without praise, nor can you have praise without faith. They're inseparable. And so reality of it is, is if, if our faith is weak, if we'll begin to praise the Lord, you know what happened? Our faith will increase. And, there, and so it, it, it strengthens praise, strengthens our faith. And praise, praise not only strengthens, strengthens our faith, but faith strengthens our praise. The reason some people can't praise the Lord is because they don't have any faith. I heard one preacher one time, he was preaching along the lines, and he was... He was uh, uh, Along the lines, he was preaching, and then somebody said, stood up and said, in the middle of it, he said, "He said, I don't believe that." He said, "That's why you'll never get blessed because you don't believe nothing." 
And reality of it is the reason a lot of us cannot, cannot praise the Lord is because we don't have faith. We're, and there again, I'm preaching to myself more than I am anybody. We're the doubting Thomases. We're what we want to praise the Lord. We want to lift our hands up and, and, and glory in the presence of God. But reality of it is we can't is because we've got so much doubt in our mind, so much doubt in our heart. We're questioning this. We're questioning that. We're questioning everything that's going on. And the whole time God is just saying, I just want you to trust me. I just want you to lay at my feet and trust me. And if you'll do that, then you'll be able to pray. But listen, friend, that's so so many times you and I, the reason we can't praise the Lord, the reason we can't, we can't feel His presence is simply because of our lack of faith. A person cannot get saved until they have faith, and a person cannot live a Christian life until they have faith. Faith is not something that starts and ends at salvation. Faith is something that carries us from, from the point of salvation to the point of death. But yet so many times you and I, the reason our, our relationship with God is so dry and, so, and, and, and just so mediocre is simply because of the lack of faith in our life. Several years ago I heard a story of a young preacher Went to an older man, some may have heard this name, he's a great man in God's done with the Lord now. He's from the north Mississippi. His name was Dr. Percy Ray. This young preacher went to Dr. Percy Ray one day and said, listen, he said, you know, when I, I got saved, he said, I started out, he said, I was on fire with God. He said, everything was wonderful. He said, but the last few months, he said, my relationship, my fellowship with God has just been dry. He said, I don't, I don't enjoy reading my Bible. I don't enjoy praying. I don't enjoy church like I used to. I don't enjoy preaching. He said, Dr. Ray, can you help me? He said, Percy Ray was a very dry fellow, very put on. He said, he didn't say a word. He said, he just... He was looking at the ground, and the preacher said, said, Dr. Ray, can you, you got any advice? He said, I can tell you what happened. He said, when you got saved, you and God started going up a mountain. He said, then you got to the top of that mountain. He said, and God said, jump. And you didn't jump, and the rest of, he said, this whole time, you've been trying to find your way down that mountain by yourself. He said, you'll never find what you're looking for until you jump. He said, because that's what God said do. The reality of it is the reason some of us are so dry and so cold and so callous is because God took us up on a mountain and he put us there and he said, now jump. And we've not jumped. God has asked us, got us to a point and said, okay, you're at this point. Now have faith in me. And we looked at what God said have faith about and we said, that's too big. That's too high. That can't be accomplished. And for the rest of the time, we've been trying to find our way by ourselves. And God is simply saying, 
this young teenager. Just have faith in me. Songwriter musician, come on at you this morning. You are to have to be absolutely honest within yourself how your faith is. Honestly, what would it be? Would it be slim to none? If, if we had a faith, faith meter, we was able to put everybody's score on the screen so everybody could see how much faith I had, how much faith you had. Boy, there would be a lot of us hoping that our name got skipped, wouldn't it? The reality of it is that you and I can have the same kind of faith as Abraham had. Matter of fact, we have no excuse not to have that kind of faith. Abraham didn't have the word of didn't have the word of God like we had it today. I know God spoke to Abraham, and that was just as good as good as a lot of people say, well, if God will speak to me, he's already trying to. This is as good as it gets. It cannot be improved on. Yet so many times our faith wavers and our faith shakes like a leaf in the wind. Because we have forgotten just who God is. We have forgotten about the promises of God we've forgotten about the power of God we've forgotten about the performance of God and the reality of it is, is we've forgotten to give God praise for some things so I want to ask us this morning do we want to have that kind of faith fully persuaded not shaken we can the question is will we every head bowed every eye closed just for a moment Again, I made this statement. This is easy preaching, hard living. I want to ask, ask you this morning. You got something in your life that God is asking you to do, but just you're scared to do it because the reality of it is, is you're lacking in your faith. That you, you just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. I know what it, I know how it is. I've been there, done that. Bless you. 